Guns N' Roses scoops up the awards... Again! Spooky Pinball expands... Again! Deep Root delays Raza... Again! Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Ebb, and I'm the editor of Pinball News, and Jonathan and I are here to look back at all the events that took place in the month of March 2021. Well, the pinball industry-related events, that is, obviously not every, all other events. Oh, okay, let's narrow it down to that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, well, it could be here a while. <laughs> well, so, uh, today is uh, April 1st. Um, but the news that we are bringing you is actually real, no yeah. joke. No, it's all all genuine, not made up. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it. Yeah. Um, and we're looking back at the uh, the month of March 2020, which is... 2021, um, I hope. Sorry? 2021, I hope. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 20. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so... Well, March 2020 was a good month as well, because we had the Texas Pinball Festival. Oh, no, we didn't. Do no, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't have that this year uh, either, so uh, last uh, month either. Uh, yeah, well. we should have been in, in the United States by now, but we're not. So anyway, mm. so we're looking back at March 2021. Yes, thanks for the correction. Um, and, well... Stop. Usually we say, like, oh, it's been a, quite a busy month. Uh, this month... Not so much. No, no new game launches or anything like that, but uh, lots of little bits and pieces that uh, you may have missed out on, and, uh, and we, will, we will summarise them for you and, uh, and bring you up to date. Right, OK. Hold on, hold on. You hear what I'm hearing? Oh, really? Right now? It's right now. now. Okay. OK, for those uh, not familiar with our podcast, um, um, in the background we hear ringing my phone and uh, that, uh, that ringtone tells me that Gary Flower is calling and Gary is always trying only. to get on our show. So um, well, usually he doesn't to manage to get on for some odd reason, but this time, since it's April Fool's and uh, uh, um, what do you call it? The, 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 that, that Thursday before Easter and what have you. I'm feeling in a pretty, I'm in a pretty good mood. Let's get Gary on the phone, shall we? Yeah, on right now. Okay. Hello, Gary. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Hello, Hello. Gary. Just Gary. A bit different. Yes, we can hear you. Oh, it's so wonderful. I can barely hear you guys. You can barely hear it. Hold on. You, he sounds a bit odd to me. It does. It doesn't sound Hello. quite right. No, that's, Gary, that, stop pranking us. The, are you coming to Japan with me to the Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> Which sport are you competing in, If you're Gary? buying the tickets, we'll support you. <laughs> I'm, I'm competing in the high jump. You oh. are competing in the high jump. Oh, are you sure get, it's not I'm the going, Paralympics? I'm going to get high and I'm going to jump. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, this I'm, doesn't I'm, sound like the Gary we, we know and love. No. What uh, April uh, fools, you fools. It's Jersey Jack. 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 How are you, old man? Well, how, how nice of you to call in. Uh, you got us there for a second. Oh, you we got, we got another guy over here. I don't know. I don't know who's here right now. Oh my goodness! Hold on. Do we have two Garys on the phone now? <laughs> it's the, it's the man of a thousand I think, voices. I think, I think both Garys just went for a drink. 
Hold on. Let me call Fred Young and tell him there's competition <laughs> coming. <laughs> well, Fred Young. Fred Young taught me. Fred Young taught me how to do something. I, I have to share it with you. You ready? So, Darth Vader. He. I, oh. This is an exclusive you only hear on the Pimble Magazine and Pimble News podcast. Pincast, I didn't know or... if it was Smaug breathing or it was Darth Vader. I couldn't tell. I thought for a moment you had a really bad cold. But no, it's... Uh... I'm, I'm just happy it's not nothing I serious. A... Drew Maniscalco and I had to push Fred Young out of the elevator at 3 o'clock in the morning because <laughs> he was going upstairs with us and we said, no, you're not coming upstairs, but you're getting out. You're getting out here, and we're going up to bed. Have a nice night. One thing Fred can do, well, one of the many things Fred can do is talk. You see him leaning against the wall downstairs in the lobby at I know. 2 in the morning, and you, it's like a tractor beam. You don't want to go over to him. <laughs> On the other hand, <laughs> he, he, he's always got so much to tell you. Giggity. Yeah. <laughs> For those, those not familiar with Fred, uh, he's a, a voice artist uh, who's worked on many games, uh, many pinball Punchy games, another game, <laughs> including Punchy the Clown. And uh, yeah, he's a, a regular um, at Pinball <laughs> Expo as well as he's other shows. And yeah, he's he's a huge character in every sense, and uh, and we love him. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm just telling you guys, I'm not editing anything of this out. (laughs) Too right. If you edit any of this out, I'll never come on your show again. (laughs) Um, In that case, we'll have to get the real Gary next time. Oh, well. Whatever real Gary you want. I mean, you know. Well, but both of anyway, them, yeah. just skip down the aisle way down to go get vodka and tonics. Oh, right. so that could be, be dangerous. Gone. Okay, well, it's great to have you on the show, Ga- um, Gary. Yes, Gary. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> the hell? And you too, Jack. How, how's everything? Uh, how's everything at uh, Jersey Jack Pinball? Yeah, everything's and great. And uh, that's congratulations on on winning seven Twippies. Including Game of the Year and also winning the um, uh, I should Martin uh, have Martin say this. Go on. Well, okay. Um, never mind that 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 minor achievement. Um, of course, you won the the Pinball News Game of the Year award for uh, 2020, as voted wow. for by uh, Pinball News readers. So uh, congratulations wow. on that as well. Wow, that's great. And on behalf of the group, I hope we passed the audition. Really, I mean, that's. <laughs> It's it's a wonderful thing. It's a team effort. Uh, everybody is really proud of the game and all the work they've done. And, and uh, thank you, thank you on behalf of the whole company. Really, uh, it's 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 a wonderful thing. It's great right. to have the hit game. And yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of thanks that go around to everybody. Right now, um, I think it was last week, uh, Eric Meunier was a guest on the Final Round Pinball podcast, uh, which I found to be a very interesting interview. Um, One of the things he mentioned was that uh, Guns N' Roses was basically ready by the end of uh, 2019. Bill of Materials completed and all the drawings done, 
January 15th, 2020, and the game was supposed to be revealed at the Texas Pinball Show. And? And? And um, I know how often we had you on our show in that period, and I I know how long it took... Are you sorry I didn't mention any of that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't... Well, I get it, but uh, it took quite a while before the game actually got revealed, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise because the uh, coders had so much more time to work on lighting and and other rules and all that kind of stuff. But um, Right, plus we wanted to have a few hundred games in stock when we announced the game so we could ship games immediately. That was very important, too. Right, well, I assume those were gone in like two days. They were gone in uh, two seconds, I think. Yeah, and then you had to ramp up production. <laughs> so, and in the meantime, you also moved the factory. Um, now, if I may get serious for 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 just a second, um, so the new factory in in Elk Grove Village. Um, uh, may I ask how many games are they able to build in a week or a month? Or uh, because obviously there's. Hundreds of people, maybe even thousands, waiting on a game, and everybody's trying to do the math, like, when will my game be up? Yeah, I mean, you know, some days it's 20, some days it's 25, 22, 23. Right. It depends on um, uh, what's going on. Um, no secret that COVID has affected every every company uh, on Earth, and that affects people coming to work and uh, hiring people, training people, retaining people. But we have some good uh, we have some good people and we've had some good luck, so we continue to ramp up every day. More games get packed, and um, you know Ken Cromwell puts pictures up from the factory, and it's it's met with a lot of uh, excitement, and it's it's really all good. I mean, it's it's what we would call a good problem to have. I know it's a problem, but it's a good problem to have. Uh, while we might build 25 games in a day, I could tell you that some days we sell more than 25 games. So right. <laughs> it's 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 fine. It's fine with me. We have an amazing game made by an amazing team and an amazing company that I'm very proud of, and uh, we just just keep rolling them along. So well, would you the, say? Sorry, can I? Sure. Would you, would you say yeah, it's a? You know, uh, in there, you know? <laughs> would you say it's a, a difficult balancing act to? to work between promoting the game, showing all these videos and, um, and, and basically showing how excited all the people are who've got the game and playing it on location. At and the winning same all time, these awards. And, indeed, winning the awards. And at the same time knowing that there's all these people who are waiting for the game and, and so eager to get it, and yet they can't, they can't get it yet, and it's going to be a little while before they do. So right. they, they're, they're sort of saying, as you say, where's my game? And, and here you are saying how wonderful the game is. It's, um, no, I, I, it's, I, I it's a teat, it. isn't it? I, well, I get it. You know, for me personally, and Jen especially, and a few other people that were with us all in the beginning, uh, we lived through it with Wizard of Oz, certainly, where people waited and waited and waited. And, you know, we didn't have a factory. We didn't have all the parts. We didn't have all the money. You know, it was frustrating and took a very long time. We've grown up in the last 10 years, and now uh, we're in a different position. Yes, uh, there's still some weight, but what I've noticed, and I talk to hundreds of customers uh, 
in a month. Sometimes it seems I, I speak with 100 customers in a week easily. Uh, you know, 99 of them looking for their games, but, uh, you know, the other one saying how great and how happy they are that they got the game. Really, um, people now seem to be focused on buying quality and not quantity. They're not buying maybe five or six new pinball machines a year. They're looking to buy two or three or, or you know, like that, the better ones, the higher-end ones. Certainly Jersey Jack games seem to get bolted to the floor and they don't go anywhere. So the people realize, um, thank goodness for them, uh, you know, our loyal customers that love what we do, they're willing to wait. You know, I, I was talking to a customer yesterday who uh, I know for 20 years, back from pinballsales.com days, and he just ordered a uh, Guns N' Roses LE. I don't know what he waited for, but he just ordered a Guns N' Roses LE. And, uh, you know, he called me up and he says, you know, for old time's sake, you know, what, what, what do you think? You know, you think I'll have the game by this date or that date or the other? And I said, you know, you'll have the game as soon as possible. Everybody's in a queue and we're going in order. And we're shipping games around the world. You know, it's nice that Europe dropped the tariff yes, uh, gonna for a little while. Yes. So, uh, you know, we're getting games out to Europe uh, to try to help uh, the European customers out. Uh, we're getting games out to Australia. Uh, we're getting games out to the United States, Canada, you know, all, all the places where everybody wants our games. So uh, I'm really proud of that, and I'm really happy that we're able to do it. And every day... Um, to me, uh, from where I see and, and I talk to, you know, it seems to be, uh, you know, forward momentum. It's good progress. Right. Um, now, so you mentioned um, uh, how many games are being built currently uh, at the Elk Grove uh, factory. Um, is there still room to, um, uh, to grow, to get more people in and uh, uh, build more games? Or is that maximum capacity? No, that's not maximum. I, I think it's going to be more than that, and certainly a second assembly line um, will come, and uh, we'll, we'll just continue more and more. I mean, I think from where we are in a very lucky place to be, people want our games. I mean, I would really have a problem if we designed something and put it out there and nobody wanted it. And I think that's a lot bigger problem to have. So right. uh, we've been blessed from the beginning that people want our games. I mean, you know, <laughs> I get calls <laughs> almost every day, people looking for Hobbit, people looking for Willy Wonka, people looking for Pirates, people looking for Wizard of Oz. Um, Sounds like you, you know, don't need a our, second line. You need a second factory. <laughs> our, uh, you know, our distributors, if we look and do a channel check, Really, I don't think there's many distributors that have any stock of our games. Uh, they don't. They don't have them. There's right. there's nothing in the channel. Um, so, I know of this uh, this property that recently became available in Lakewood near Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> know, that be I, something I, to 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 build like well, a. Uh, I, I'll uh, tell you something. That's why in in a car, uh, even in in those. Uh, cars in the UK, the rear view mirror is a lot smaller than the windshield because we don't drive backwards, we drive forwards, right? So, Well, in the UK, uh, I wouldn't be so sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> 
Okay. I mean, they drive on the wrong side of the road, so I might as well drive backwards too. <laughs> you know, I don't know. They get to the roundabout, and I want to tap out. I don't think I could. I could drive the car, you know. But uh, I was. I remember being in France uh, one of the many times, and we were going around the circle at Lac de Triomphe, and uh, my wife said oh, to the cab yeah. driver, taxi driver, "So if there's an accident, who's responsible?" And the cab driver explained if you're inside a certain line closer to the center and you get in an accident, it's nobody's fault. Everybody just drives away. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a demolition dog. It's fun, to drive, it's fun to drive in different parts of the world. But uh, our French friends are ready to go on lockdown again. So uh, hopefully they'll be out there driving soon. So, so do you know which uh, which particular models of Guns N' Roses are, are on the line at the moment? LEs right now. LEs, LEs. are on the line. Yep. Are, are all the CEs made, or are there yes, more of those? Yes, all the CEs have been built and uh, I believe shipped or in the process of shipping. Uh, containers are loading and things like that. You know, hopefully. They don't have to go through the Suez Canal or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and you mentioned just now about the uh, the um, suspension of the 25% tariff that the EU imposed on uh, pinball and uh, other games. Um, that suspension started in uh, March and lasts for four months at the moment. Is there, a, is there a kind of a rush on to get games to Europe within that four-month window in case it, uh, that suspension doesn't continue? Uh, we were fortunate. We were focusing on building those games. And then, uh, you know, I I spoke with my congressman and he was able to negotiate a piece <laughs> and get that thing taken out of there. And um, that's an April Fool's <laughs> joke. So I thought it might. Be. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris Smith is a great guy, but I don't think he had anything to do with it. Um, so. Um, you know, we, we got an amazing amount of phone calls and flurry of emails that you can't believe from our European distributors all telling us what we what we found out basically at the same time they did and uh, pleading and begging to please get us games before the tariff goes back on. I'm, mm. I'm you know, I'm a beep. Be positive, uh, optimistic person, so I hope maybe the tariff never goes back. Well, maybe of course. It'll, maybe it'll right. be gone and we won't have to worry about it. But uh, we're doing our best, really, uh, to get everybody their games. I mean, we, we can't make everything a priority, right? Because then nothing's a priority. But, so, but, but were uh, you working um, our, our hardest to get everything. So were there many games stored that were destined for Europe that, that uh, buyers basically said, or distributors said, like, okay, um, uh, I'd like to order 20, but please store them for now, build them, store them, and as soon as the tariff is gone, then ship them? No, you know what happened? Um, I, here's what happened, and it's not an April Fool's joke. In the beginning, everybody was shocked because of the way it happened. It was just... Certainly these things, nobody consults with people like us to give us a warning, but everybody found out that they were, we were lumped in with this with this tariff having to do with airplanes that none of us have anything to do with. Mm. And then the initial shock wore off, and a lot of the customers, you know, I talked to all the distributors involved, and so did Jen, and I, I made a silly comment to them. I said, I get that that's very expensive, 25%, and I'm not making light of the extra money, but why don't you talk to your customers? Because it's their money. They may want the game. 
Regardless. Even with the 25. And some of the distributors were like saying to me uh, things like, uh, you're crazy. And I don't know. Is it already April Fool's? (laughs) I know we know that we can ask that question. And they asked the question, and pretty much everybody wanted their games. Everybody wanted their games. So within a a quick turnaround of, of about a week or so, uh, distributors came back to us and said, well, listen, you know, uh, we want all the games. We're not canceling anything. Um, just just build them when they're in the queue, and, and we'll take them. And, and we just kept on track. We didn't move anybody out. We didn't say, um, well, I guess we could put them to the end of the line because they're in trouble and they have this 25% tariff or anything. We just kept everything as it was, luckily, and uh, it's, it seemed to work out. Right, because uh, obviously the, the the buyers they, they would have had their contract with the distributors, not not with you directly. Right. So if they have a contract for a delivery of a game at a certain price, there needs to be that conversation between the distributor and the and the customer right. as to whether they're willing to effectively break that contract and, were, and put the price were, up. Yeah, there were German customers, French customers that that know me for many years that just called me direct and said. You know, my distributor, I told my distributor I want my game and uh, I don't care about the extra 25%. I have nothing. Basically, several of them said to me, I have nothing to do. I'm at home. I want my game. So I don't care about the extra 25%. And I told my distributor that. And if my distributor doesn't want to take the whole container, I'll fly my game over. And I don't, you know, I mean, I mean, you could just imagine some of the conversations. You can't, yeah. you can't believe them. But, you know, when... When people want a pinball machine, don't get in their way. Just don't get out, get out of the way. Just get them the game. Right. So, um, speaking of people wanting uh, pinball machines, um, we mentioned earlier uh, Guns N' Roses is a tremendous uh, uh, hit game, I would say. No pun intended. Um, but... Um, I think we had like two award shows and, of course, the Pinball, uh, Pinball News uh, Game of the Year award. Mm-hmm. Do these awards result in um, uh, additional sales? They do. It's validation. If if there are uh, people, let's say, on the fence or thinking about it here, I told you the other day, uh, a, a 20-year customer from PinballSales.com just ordered an LE Guns and Roses. Uh, he happened to see the Twippies. Um, he happened to see Slash and the whole acceptance video, and uh, he he knew as much about the game as I do. He did his research. He read everything, and he plunked his money down, and he and he wants a game. So, I I think the reason for um, it's nice to have the industry celebrate things that are great, and it's nice to have. The people that appreciate them and play them and buy them celebrate uh, the things they like. So those kind of awards um, that come from grassroots, it's not it's not just a group of people that make things patting themselves on the back, saying, okay, let's have an award show or something like that. It's it's pretty, uh, it's really genuine and touching, and it's, it's very cool. You know, it's nice to see the industry continue to grow and grow together, too. Well, or even though you uh, you're still going to be busy building Guns N' Roses games for a long time yet, and um, it's a big success, 
at the very start of this, Jonathan was talking about the the release schedule for or for the announcement of the game. What what kind of factors go into deciding when you when you announce your next game? Is it um, when you're ready? Is it strictly when you're ready? Do other factors you know are if another company is going to release a, a game around the same time, or there's a show coming up, or you know, what what are the factors that determine when your next title is going to be announced? I think in the old days it was about a show, a physical show. Uh, you know, we, we got to get ready for Pinball Expo. We got to get ready for Texas Pinball mm-hmm. Festival, something like that. It's pretty cool. Um, COVID's taught us, unfortunately, a lot of lessons. Uh, a lot of them are bad lessons, and some of them are good lessons. Um, you, you can make your own event, and you can create your own splash if uh, what you're releasing is... Uh, sufficient to make the splash in the pool and we really don't look at what other people are doing uh we really can't count on what other people are doing um it's 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 nice that other people are coming out with games but uh, you know coke doesn't like pepsi and pepsi doesn't like coke they're both colas let's say and they're both drinks and you respect the customer base so the customers decide what they want to buy and certainly customers um you know, are free to do that based on based on what's presented to them in the marketplace. And uh, I think I think timing for us is when um, we have all of our parts, when everything's worked out for us, when we have games in boxes, and when we're ready to ship games, we make an announcement, and here, here you go, we're off to the races. Okay, so that brings up the question keeping in mind that there's hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, backorders for Guns N' Roses, are we likely to see the next Jersey Jack pinball title this year? Or is it like, no, we're busy building Guns N' Roses. Uh, it will be uh, uh, somewhere in 2022. Could be. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to see how, how it goes, um, how we're building and I think we could build the game for a long time. Even after we announce another game, it, it would probably be um, something that we continue to build. I could say well, that. You're going to need a second line, uh, yeah. because on one line you'll be building Guns N' Roses for the next five years. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's great. We never need a business advisor, because we have thousands of them all over the world that are telling us how to run our company <laughs> all the time. So... Uh, it's, I'm not telling a, you how to run it. No, but. I, I'm only teasing you, but it's a, it's a great thing. You know, everybody plays along, uh, and it's good to have everybody play along, and it's good to have good problems to play along with, you know, not uh, that I'm sitting with a building with a thousand games that I can't sell. So uh, this is a lot better problem to have. I'd rather have this one. I can't uh, can't blame you for that. No, of course. Um, but it could also be. I mean, um, I'm ignoring all the rumors about what the next title may or may not be. But um, obviously, if that's a licensed game, there's also contract obligations. Usually, there's a certain term in which you have to uh, uh, take the game into production and so on, or maybe it's tying in with something. And having such a hit game as Guns N' Roses prior to that could be a problem because you simply don't get to 
get the game into production in the time frame that you would like it to be. I I see what you're saying, but you know I I've I've heard about this in all the years I've been in the industry about games tying into a movie release or tying into something in a theater or something like that, and I I never saw it matter. I remember uh, operating games in a movie theater in Brooklyn, and we had a game that was uh, directly tied into the movie that was showing. And basically, it was it made the same money, you know, the, with the movie, without the movie. It, it didn't really matter. It wasn't it wasn't that important. Um, you know, I I, I go for licenses um, uh, since I do the licensing. Uh, I I go for licenses that are multi generational, that last a long time, that uh, appeal to. Everybody on Earth, uh, children, women, men, older people, younger people, um, that's what I'm looking for. Things that we can bite into the story and have a lot of assets to be able to make the greatest game we can possibly make. So, um, you know, I, I think we think about all those things, but uh, I think we na- we've been able to navigate them for the most part pretty well. I mean, look, with Hobbit, if you go back just quickly, uh, you know, it was only going to be two movies. And then in the middle of us having license, it became three movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are certain things under our control and there are certain things not under our control like other companies do. And you uh, you do your best to navigate those things. Okay. Um, on, on that point, would you would you say it's actually better to, to be producing a game Sometime after the, if it's a movie, say, um, sometime after the movie is out, so you know exactly what all the assets are, you, you know when you can get them, and you won't end up with situations like you had with, with the Hobbit, where uh, is, uh, the two movies become the three, and you, if you'd set up, if you designed a game based around two movies, you then have to redesign all the rules and the inserts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the Hobbit taught us that lesson for sure. Um, that's why other uh, people have done. Uh, games not based on the latest mm. movie, but based on a classic movie, because they knew what it was. You know, when when we did Wizard of Oz, it was a seventy plus. I was going year to old. say you took an awful lot of time before you're taking up that uh, making that 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 pinball machine. I mean, yeah, could could be maybe, maybe over not. seventy years. What took you oh, so long? Oh well, yeah. I mean, you know, we might we might have that license for the. 100th anniversary, you never know. Yeah, I mean, how, how long do you need before you know it's a it's a classic title? You know, and it's, it's something that, that you, as a company, would be interested in making a game based on. You know, you, you don't want a, something that's just a one-hit, one one flash-in-the-pan type, type movie, because um, we've seen how that worked in the past, where people made, made games based on movies which turned out to be, you know, duds, basically. Right, right. Look, I think uh, we all know that um, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is that you can have a really great game with not a really great theme, and it's still a very good game. And you can have a really great theme with a very bad design play field and and rule set that's just a waste of a license. So... um, 
we try to put all our passion into every aspect of our games uh, every time because we want it to be the best we could possibly make it. And that's where um, the customer base, the player base, votes and gives you these kind of awards. It's, it's affirmation of the work that all the people in the company are doing, really. It's a thank and we give that thank you back in, in creating the game that makes everybody smile and everybody happy. So it's, uh, it's our pleasure to do that. It's our, it's our honor to do that. I would say one of the one of the key things that uh, made Guns N' Roses such a success is the un, unparalleled, I think, um, tie-in or and buy-in by the band and the assets that you're able to to utilise in the development of the game, the video assets, the call-outs, the music. Is that I don't know how important is it to you when you're looking at licences as to what assets you can get. And, and whether you can get cooperation from you know, the key people involved in that license. And well, uh, if I may add to that, has that changed since Guns N' Roses? Well, I don't think it's changed. I always try to go for what I can get. Uh, certain things that we want and we can't get everything, I'll say, okay, we we got most of what we need to make something really great. Uh, you know, I've passed on many licenses in these last few years because uh, certain things are not available or, uh, you know, not that, not that they're easier to get or harder to get. That's just period not available. I mean, you can't, you can't pay a celebrity, you know, a hundred thousand uh, dollars to be part of something. It just doesn't work for our product we're not going to be able to pass it along and i don't want to set that precedent in music typically um everybody knows there's uh different licensing you can you can license uh, a few seconds of a song or you can license the whole song there's mm-hmm. a difference in what you pay um for for the uh license fee I felt with Guns N' Roses that I certainly wanted the whole length of the song. I didn't want to play 10 seconds or 20 seconds of a song. Um, getting the animation, getting the terabytes of uh, concert footage, getting call-outs from band members, having Slash be an integral part of the design process. All those things certainly, you know, without question, contributed to make the game be what it is. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, with other games like Pirates of the Caribbean, where we had basically almost nothing, um, our team brilliantly, in their genius, found a way to make an amazing game that's in very high demand. Where I saw the other day, um, you know, a new in box CE Guns N' Roses sold for $38,000. CE Pirates, so, you mean? CE Pirates, yeah, yeah. sorry. Maybe I'm, yeah. maybe I'm like an April Fool's kind of thing, but uh, <laughs> or maybe by next week it will sell for thirty-eight thousand dollars. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, then why are you selling the game? Thirty-eight thousand by Christmas for sure. What? I say, well, why aren't you making more of them then? No, not the CEs particularly, but uh, more what, pirates. pirates? You're talking yeah. about pirates? Yeah. Well, because we're making Guns N' Roses right now, you know. So. Uh, that's 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 what's in the oven and that's what we're baking right now so uh could we make more 
maybe you know i don't know that we will or we won't it really it really has not been a point of discussion right now we're con- we're again going forward not backwards you might uh, need a third line ask, <laughs> people, people ask us uh you know they're looking for wizard of oz they're looking for uh willy wonka they're looking for uh, you know all of that i get people asking for hobbit so uh you know, it's it's kind of funny how things go, and uh, sometimes what you don't have is what everybody wants. It's kind right. of a crazy thing. Well, surely, if people want it, why why are you not able to to build it on a you know on, if you have got the space? Okay, you're building Guns and Roses flat out, but uh, if you if you ha- if you could get more staff, get more manufacturing capabilities, and the demand is there. And the, those people presumably aren't going to be buying Guns N' Roses. That's that's not the type of game that they want. They want a Wizard of Oz. They want a Hobbit. Whatever. Um, are you going to leave them just, just standing there and saying, well, sorry, we can't do it? And maybe. Maybe. It seems, seems a shame. Because uh, it also depends how, yeah. how big is the demand. If there, 50 people is, on the game... There is a limit there is a limit to everything and um you know there is a time frame to do things and we'll see you know yeah. I, I never i never say never i i've said that many years before justin bieber had a hit song but uh you know i i never say never which is what um drove me to start a pinball company to start with that wasn't something on my bucket list or something that i wanted to uh to do for many many years it was just something that happened so some things need to be planned and something needs to be happening um, through the marketplace and through, um, you know, organic, organic ways that they happen. So uh, uh, planning for things, uh, it's great, but sometimes the greatest plans don't go the way you expect them to go. So uh, it's, it's certainly at this point in time, it's certainly better to build what's right in front of us, uh, Guns N' Roses, let's build them, let's get them out, let's make everybody happy, and then let's move on to uh, more and more and more of what we're doing. Right. Now, speaking, since you mentioned Justin Bieber, I think <laughs> that would be a perfect time to announce a Justin Bieber pinball machine. You know, you got it out of me today. I'm, I, you know, I, I, you, got, you got me to tell you the next game is Justin Bieber. You got, you got me. You, you heard it heard first it here on the Pinball News and Pinball Magazine Pincast. Got me. Got well, me. And then he's I, like, uh, I've got my credit card out right now. Tell me where okay. to uh, send the money. I'll take that offline, you know. And okay. April, April Fools. <laughs> Too bad. It would be such a hit game. Do you know him? Justin Bieber? I know his oh. music. Oh, okay. Well, if if you know him, maybe uh, you know we can we can figure something out. I can pull yeah. a you know I'm I'm in the music business. I can pull a few strings, and if you're interested, just let me know, and I'll see what I can do for you. Okay, I'll get back to you next April first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So in so, uh, you know, really, in 21 days, three weeks from today, somebody's having a birthday. Yeah, your daughter, Jen. My daughter, Jen, and a good friend of mine also. Yeah. Jonathan, it's your birthday, April 22nd, right? Yeah. It's, it's, Three weeks uh, from today? Yeah. You know what's the worst part? 
What's the what could be the worst part of mm. your birthday? Fifty. Fifty. Come well, on, that's good. What's the alternative? If, I got you, socks. Yeah. I got socks older than fifty years old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, fifty is the new thirty, so I'm not complaining. I like that. That's good. And and what's well, we won't go there. So, well, you've seen fifty, so you know what it's like. And if I if I look at you and I see how energetic and vibrant you are, um, I'd love to be like that at at your age. Which Listen, is not I'm that not I'm that, saying I'm that you're that old, old, but you're older I'm not than that me. Not that much older than you. Not no, that no, much but still, but but yeah. it's the same like with Wayne Nyans. The right. guy is a hundred and two, and he's still. You have to. He's still, still going. Are you still? Are you still hocking him to do articles, or did you leave the poor guy alone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I call him occasionally. I'm actually trying to get him to design a new game. <laughs> You're gonna kill the guy. Could you leave him alone? <laughs> no, I, I got the feeling he likes it when I call. So as long as I, I still get that feeling, I'm, I'm gonna keep on calling I think, him. I think he's probably just being nice. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he probably says, "Oh, he probably looks at the caller ID and it says Jonathan." And he says, "Oh, this pain in the ass is calling me again." He doesn't have to answer. He's probably still trying to work out how to do the call blocking feature on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should talk to Gary Flower and figure it out. Oh, well. I Gary calls him as well. Gary Flower. Oh, and we end where we came in. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much indeed, Jack. Thank you for uh, being on our, our, our pincast again. I love you guys. I'm, I'm only sorry, you know, this is April now, so... Yeah, we're we not usually, in France. Where do we usually wind up in April, right? Where uh, do we wind up, right? I know. Luchapur in France. We, uh, we end up in the basement drinking champagne out of plastic <laughs> glasses. And, and eating and and chocolates. Chocolate, and eating, right? eating uh, crepes with Nutella. Oh, it's so good. I miss that so much. And and the mayor the mayor would come. Oh, the mayor, he'd, he'd yeah. Like happy hour. Happy drinking. Like goodness knows. Happy what, hour what on uh, a noon Saturday and Richard hard liquor on the table. Oh, what is yeah. that stuff? Ricard? Richard? What is that? Yes, <laughs> Ricard. Excellent. I have to go to the liquor. I don't drink much, but I'll have to go to the liquor store and buy some of that stuff. And What do you mix that with again, Martin? Water. Yeah, just, just, water. just water. Yeah, just water. And you're, and it's like, it's, so it's like bleach, right? You just activate it with some water. <laughs> It's, it's medicinal, I'm sure. But all you need to do to recreate it is to, fu to find a cupboard somewhere, put some chairs in there, and uh, turn out the light, and uh, find yourself a plastic cup, and just sit in there, and, uh, and it'll be just need, like we France. Need, we need Frank Michel. We need him. Oh, Frank. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. You know, yeah. I wonder how he's doing with his movie theater. Probably not so good in a town of 2,300 people. Yeah, yeah, sadly so. Yeah, under lockdown, distance, you know, three people a day and cycle through a year when everybody in the town can see the movie. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure he'll he'll bounce back as uh, as indeed we will, and yeah, um, yeah. and we look forward to, to seeing you again in person very soon. Well, thank you, and uh, 
we're all looking forward to seeing everybody uh, in person very soon. Thank you very so, much, and I, I can't wait till I hug Gary Flower again, wherever that is. <laughs> well, we're, we're looking at hopefully being able to attend Pinball Expo, if that will take place right. uh, as a live event. I talked uh, to Rob Burke the other day, and he's very excited. Uh, he has a new venue. He's all excited about everything, and uh, he's looking forward to it. And he said to me, tell your factory to build a whole day's production, and I'd like to see those games on the floor of, of Pinball Expo. And I said, okay, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll work on that. You know, I said, maybe you could come to Chicago and start putting them together yourself too you know, <laughs> so, so you asked me for my references in uh, the music industry um, if you can reach out to uh, a certain Joe Biden and tell him to lift the ban on flying actually into America because currently we can't uh, that would be a first step yeah it's uh, it'll, it'll ease up you know what's going to happen uh, I don't know if you gentlemen got your vaccines yet did you I have. I've had my first one. Okay, no. the first one did you get? How about you, Jonathan? No, nothing. No, not even yeah, scheduled. Yeah, and you know what's weird? Like, um, a lot of vaccines are made in Belgium, right? Right mm-hmm. next to you. So uh, it's funny even, how they even don't in find the Netherlands, and we still and we and they're being exported right away. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think probably what will happen. You don't have to be genius to figure it out. Is that there'll be some kind of app that's universal for the world that everybody will have to put their information in and verify that they have received the vaccines and then they'll be able to go to stadiums and travel and go to concerts and all that kind of thing because uh, I understand there are a lot of people that still don't want to get a vaccine because it's in the experimental stage and there's people that are worried about different things about it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a way, it's a way forward out of this. And, uh, of course, we know... There's a lot that we don't know how long it lasts for. Do you need a booster shot and all that kind of stuff? It's, but yeah. you know, all the people on pinball, they could figure everything out. So I would, I would have <laughs> given this whole thing to all the people in pinball. They would have came up with that vaccine. <laughs> we already cured it. It would have been done if they gave it to pinball people. It would have been I done did. already. <laughs> While we're at it, give us cancer too. <laughs> we'll cure you know, that uh, along the way as well. Yeah, I I, yeah. Belie- I believe in the pinball community, and and thank you again on behalf of the company for the wonderful award. And uh, you're very um, welcome. Oh, it's on behalf of the uh, of the readers. I mean, I, I can say that um, they voted for for you as uh, as game of the year, and uh, and of course all those amazing twippies for the various different categories and game of the year. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's an amazing game, and uh, I'm, I say you should be proud of it. I'm sure you you certainly are, and uh, and it's uh, you know just goes to show that uh, you you keep growing the the company and keep growing the product, and and I think uh, personally I'd say that it's it's, a, it's the best game that I've I've seen. Uh, Guns and Roses. Well, that means a lot. That means a lot coming from you. But, but unfortunately, I have only seen it because I haven't played it. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I can't, I can't get to play one. But uh, hopefully before too long, and then, Soon. then in uh, as Jonathan said, uh, hopefully by by October, or, uh, we'll all be able to come over and join join you in uh, in Chicago for Pinball Expo, and uh, and uh, after that, uh, put the Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah, 
Yeah, go talk to Phil Palmer. He's got some of them. You can, I'm sure you can get together with him and he can direct you uh, where to play. Uh, well, soon, hopefully, yes. That's right, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks again, Jack, for joining us. Thank you, guys. On all Gary, the Gary, you want to say goodbye, Gary? Yeah, bye, goodbye, Gary. Gary. Goodbye, okay. Gary. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks, Jack, and uh, we hope to have you back on our show uh, very soon. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it very much, guys. Thanks very much, Jack, again. Again! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting update on uh, what's going on at the uh, Jersey Jack Pinball uh, business there in the factory. Yeah, it's always nice to have Jack uh, come on to the show. And, uh, well, uh, good prank, I suppose. April Fool's c- trying to call in as Gary Flower. Oh, yeah. well. Well, we'll see if we can get you know, Gary on soon. Ish. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we always try, but well, for some yeah. reason, you know, it's not in the stars, I suppose. I'm, I'm not sure what to make of it, but at, God knows we're trying. Yes, nobody can say we're not trying. Yes. That's true. Okay, so uh, so we looked at, uh, at what Jersey Jack Pinball were doing there with the uh, making the LE games for Guns N' Roses and talking about the... Uh, the European uh, Union's 25% tariff, which, as, as Jack said, has been suspended for uh, for four, four months. months. Yeah, through till uh, well, middle of July, I think, or the start of July at least. So that obviously affects all the manufacturers, not just Jersey Jack. So um, hopefully there'll be a hopefully for us at least in in Europe there'll be a, a flood of new games coming into the country now that uh, that is uh, temporarily suspended. Right. So, um, yeah, we didn't actually mention um, any of the new well, code because there's been a lot of new code for Jersey Jack games um, getting into in it. March. Oh, well, we don't want to go into it in too much detail, do we? Because it gets a bit boring. So yeah. we just mentioned that uh, Guns N' Roses being their, their newest game and still still in development, uh, there were actually four updates. Yeah, so if I Roses. understand this correctly, they put out an update, mm-hmm. then they put out an update to correct the mistakes that they or the, the errors that they made in the previous update. Only to be followed by another update to correct. Yeah, it's um, it's an ongoing process, shall we say. Um, the, probably the biggest thing that they did was in both Guns N' Roses and Willy Wonka was they managed to break the Wi-Fi updating. Uh, that was that was uh, done in version one point one six and one point one sorry one point one five one point one six and one point one seven. Um, versions of the code. 1.15 was was last month, uh, as in uh, February, but it wasn't until 1.18 that they they fixed it. But if you've got any of the older versions of code, you can't update it via Wi-Fi. You have to actually download it onto a USB stick in the old-fashioned way uh, and update to 1.18 or 1.19, which is the oh, current version. So nostalgic. Uh, yeah, from, Sorry, from then onwards, you can yeah. uh, you can use the Wi-Fi again to update. So they did that on um, Guns N' Roses and uh, Willy Wonka on version um, 1.34. That broke the Wi-Fi update. So 1.35 is the current one, which fixes it again. But if you did install 1.34, you will need to use the memory stick to to update it again. Uh, Lots of changes, uh, as you would expect. Uh, The two most recent games... um, Guns N' Roses, some, some changes to code, uh, in t- rules, I should say, and uh, there seem to be a number of crashes that uh, can occur in various situations, but they gradually being ironed out. 
Um, Willy Wonka is more more mature, and they have they're sort of doing more um, rule tweaks and um, finessing the way the game plays a bit more. I think so. Uh, nothing earth shattering on, on on that, but some some nice additions and um, extra scoring opportunities on both those games. And I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Really, as far as okay. code goes. Okay. Well, let's go uh, next door. I would say Stern Pinball. Mm. Yeah, um, again, you know, no new uh, game releases, but there has been a new product release, or, or in fact, a couple of product releases, one of which is a new topper. Now, yeah. this seems to be the, the, the big cash cow in the uh, in the pinball industry, and certainly for yeah. Stern. Much they... to my surprise, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, something which uh, affects gameplay not in the least. But um, if you can't um, change what's happening on the playfield, you're going to change what's happening on top of the bat box. And for Stranger Things, there is and, now... And what's happening in your wallet. <laughs> well, yeah, it's certainly changing your bank balance, that's for sure. Um, Stranger Things has, uh, has got a, a topper now, which doesn't have any actual physical movement on it. It, but it brings back the uh, sort of infinity mirror lighting effects, as we, as we used to see on the old Bally games. Yeah, which was always Space very good. Yeah, had yeah looked, looked great, and they've done the, a miniaturized version of that um, and put it in a in a back box um, topper unit, um, and it's um, it looks nice, but um, it has some some good obviously RGB LEDs these days, so it's not just a single color that we used to get, and it it does have a nice infinity effect. It has um, modes that react to the gameplay. And it has a nice attract mode as well. But um, does it affect how the game plays? No, not in the least. But it, it looks no. nice. It's pretty. And it's um, it's $650, basically. What? $49.99, which, compared to some of the toppers that have been out there, is is relatively cheap. Well, but um, uh, Up to Elvira, all toppers were under $500, if I'm not mistaken. And you put out one $1,000... Topper and the next one is six fifty. That's well. There was Star Wars, of course, which was uh, legendary, and, um, and yeah, for the delay that it took to launch it. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> and the price as well. But right. um, yeah, so in the scheme of things, six hundred and forty nine dollars ninety nine um, is, I suppose, mid range, should we say? But it's I call this highway robbery. <laughs> well, be careful how we use that that phrase these days. But um, it's it's already sold out, as is these things, uh, as a way of these things. They, well, uh, there so, is a, so, always uh, a black market in top. Did they up. announce how many they would be making? Uh, no, no, but it's not available to buy on the Stearns shop. You may be able right. to buy it from a distributor if they. Okay, uh, now it, it may sound a little bit harsh, but in all fairness, Stranger Things wasn't that popular of a game it wasn't it didn't didn't receive great critical acclaim when it first came out it's right. getting a bit a bit of later love i think when once people start to understand the rules more right. but that could indicate that they maybe only did like 50 toppers so it's not a no wonder uh, if that's the case that they sold out because well there's not that many games to put them on and uh, so the less you make the easier you use uh, the quicker you sell out I guess so, but you probably want to make. You always want to have some in stock, even if it's only like one or two left. Well, um, yeah, you know what these toppers do on eBay these days. Well, exactly, uh, yeah, but that's 
that's not money for Stern, is it? That's money for the people who buy them early. And, and, and if I were Stern, them. I would stock them and say, hey, they're sold out, and then sell them one by one uh, on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's, a, that's a thought, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it exists. It's out there. Uh, you can't buy it from Stern. You can probably buy it from distributor, and you can probably, as you say, buy it on eBay. Yeah. Or you can make yeah. one yourself. Um, yeah, there might be more fun as well. Yeah. Um, other things from, from Stern, there's yeah. also um, not exactly in the same price range. In fact, um, almost uh, a hundredth of the price. You can buy some uh, Rampage collectible sticker packs from uh, with, featuring the art of Brian Holderman. Yeah, and then I'm thinking, like, did Brian Holderman ever do a pinball art package? Um, may have contributed, um, but... Um, not as the lead artist, I no, would say. No, not as the lead. No, I mean some of these, some of the Stern titles have had, had multiple artists, as we know. Um, I'm trying to think uh, which is the last. Uh, probably Star Wars, I think, was probably had like six artists working on it. So okay. I don't know whether he was. Well, on anyway, so a bunch of stickers. Woo-hoo! Yeah, six vinyl stickers. Are they uh, six-year-olds? Um, you can stick them on your lunchbox. You can stick them on your briefcase. You can stick them on your car. Whatever. Bumper sticker, um, six of them um, from three to four inches in size, and they cost $6.99. So if, if that's your thing, you can get them from the Stern shop. It probably costs more to get them actually well, sent to you than you, to buy you, them. You, you do get bragging credits that you actually ordered something in the Stern shop because most people think, like, wow, that's really expensive. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because... Um, one of the things I was looking at when I was on on the Stern shop, looking uh, at the price of these various, at the topper and the stickers, was um, I noticed that they've got the the um, the board set available for the Spike Two system, so you can buy all the individual component parts. Um, and because I, they fry up so easily. Well, that's what I thought, and I thought I remember when when they started dying, the people were saying, "Oh, you have to you have to spend three hundred dollars and buy a buy a new node board." So I was looking on there, and you could actually buy the node boards, the, the main node board, for ninety-nine dollars. Which, okay, you shouldn't have to buy a new node board if it's uh, under warranty, but uh, it's not anywhere near as expensive as maybe people have been making out. And the the node board that goes in the cabinet was only seventy dollars only, uh-huh. uh, which seemed quite reasonable. And all the uh, the power boards and um, LED boards and uh, various other. Uh, as a soundboard, I think, and you can buy the entire um, Spike Two CPU board as well for like three hundred dollars or three hundred and fifty. Hmm. Um, so it's not massively expensive, you know. You you might tend to think that those sort of things being only available from one source, i.e. Stern, that they might sort of do a sort of price gouge on it. But no, not not at all. I, I think I was I was surpri- presently surprised that something uh, from from the Stern shop was uh, very reasonably priced, considering. So. Uh, you know, if if you do need to stock up on a, a spare node board or two, they're not not going to break the bank. Okay. And available from the Stern shop and probably through your distributors. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I don't have any Stern games that need any uh, node boards to no? be replaced. But not yet. You well, know. yeah. If, if you put it like that, it's a, just a matter of time. <laughs> but yeah, let's well, hope not. It's a matter anything of time before in, everybody buys in the near future. Well, people buy them up and stick them on eBay like toppers. Hey, okay. You could, so. you could do a, a topper made out of, of node boards. 
Right, so I'm looking at the notes. I see Stern had a, um, a heads-up pinball invitational. They did. They had the, uh, the final of the Marvel Avengers Infinity Quest Stern heads-up pinball invitational, as you just said. Um, it was um, it featured, I think, eight local players, i.e. Okay. ones who lived in Illinois and close to Chicago, all taking place in head-to-head challenges. Um, okay. Not really my sort of thing, I have to admit. You know, it's an invitational, so it's like hand-picked as to exactly who's on there. But oh. uh, I actually found it quite interesting. It was uh, it was surprisingly swift. You think the uh, tournament thing's going to go on forever, but this was um, a series of challenges, you know, like starter multi-ball or starter mode, or which only involved like five shots to a captive ball, but it's whoever could do it quickest. Or whoever could get the most number of get the required number of spins on the Doctor Strange spinner, and then then knock the ball underneath in order to start the mode. You know, mm. whoever did that first won the challenge. So Woo-hoo. first one I saw um, was was like uh, I think uh, it was over in like 15 seconds from the start of the game. So it wasn't really drawn out, but it did look. I have to say, congratulations to everyone involved. It looked absolutely amazing. The presentation, excellent graphics. Um, it was Tim Sexton, it was Jack Danger, Moto Harley in there as well, all all representing. And, uh, yeah, really nicely done. And uh, clearly a lot of effort went into it. Um, looked a, a great studio that they put themselves into. I guess it was a virtual studio, but it looked really good. And right. uh, it was won by Anna Neal, who won herself a uh, a brand-new Stern pinball machine. So congratulations to Anna. Wow. Hold, so, hold on. So... You have uh, uh, you invite eight people mm-hmm. to do this heads up uh, challenge uh, invitational thing, and the winner gets a pinball machine. Yeah, I mean, usually it takes tournaments with hundreds of people. Yeah. I know. To win a pinball machine. And this is eight people handpicked, like, hey, you want to win a pinball machine? Come over, uh, let's play some pinball, and you win one. Yeah. it's uh, you, you have to fancy your odds if you're uh, one of the one of the. Those I'd picked. like to be invited the next <laughs> time. Well, you have to move to Illinois in, in that case. Um, but uh, hopefully over time they'll they'll expand this out and uh, get, get more people involved. But um, if you want to watch it, and... It's not not hugely long. It's only about like forty forty five minutes or something like that. It's available on on the Marvel Instagram feed, which is uh, unsurprisingly uh, Instagram dot com slash Marvel, and you can you can watch all the games there. And yeah, it is uh, it's entertaining. I was surprised. Uh, I was not really one for watching um, tournament pinball in that way online because it's uh you know especially when it's pre-recorded there's a certain sense of uh, suspense taken out of it but no uh, all credit to the production team there excellent job okay. and entertaining right okay so um, now before we move on to the uh, uh code updates for stern games um i'm not sure whether we discussed it last month uh but steve ritchie um commented i think on facebook where he acknowledged that there are some uh, spinner issues with the electric magic uh, mechanism on the premium and limited edition led zeppelin games Um, and their uh, customer support uh, the technical guys there are working uh, towards a solution for that Um, from what i understood there's two types of problems Um, one of the problems could be that um, or might be 
uh, that the electric magic device um, could lower during multi-ball and it would still be possible to shoot the ball into the spinner but mm. as the ball would actually because it, the, the mechanism was lowered you actually shoot straight into the wire form bending it making sure that the spinner isn't spinning anymore yes that's right if it's the, the idea obviously with the spinner is that you you shoot under the pivot point so right. that it spins but if the if the whole mechanism is sinking into the play field at the time you could shoot it and hit the hit the spinner higher up and uh, as you said you could you could bend the wire form and uh, distort the spinner and stop it spinning right and the other uh, issue apparently is that the um i think it, uh, uh, well the post that uh, the spinner is pivoted on i suppose that's the mm-hmm. correct terminology are too tight to the spinner making it very uh, uh, difficult to spin it needs more room yeah and, that's right um, uh, obviously that can be done by by bending them uh, mechanically but if you buy a uh, how much is that game you <laughs> expect the spinner to work properly right so um, and um, I tried to get it confirmed but I couldn't find anybody to confirm it but it appears that uh, Stern actually quit production of Led Zeppelin for the time being um, in order to solve that and are focusing on um, uh, backlog uh, uh, games that, that still have to be um, uh, delivered like Avengers and Turtles and so on. Mm. Yeah. Um, and um, well, obviously once it's this, this issue has been uh, fixed, they will pick up the production of Led Zeppelin again. Right. Okay. Well, premium premium models. I suppose the limited edition games are already all manufactured, but um, even that I don't know for sure. Well, we did mention about the uh, the potential issues with the Electric Magic last month, but uh, this month, as part of the code updates, uh, they have actually implemented some of the things that we were talking or suggesting might might be useful in the most recent Led Zeppelin code update. Um, oh, what a nice bridge! Yeah, yeah. I know. Almost uh, Electric Magic. Um, it uh, some some settings there which you can change when the device moves. So uh, there are, there's an option to only move it when the balls are locked. So there's no ball actually in play on the play field, which is one of the options that uh, we were talking about last time. And the other option we we're talking about was only move it when the ball is you know further away, further up the play field in the in like pop bumpers or something like that. And that's also another option now, what they call move on far shots. So it only moves when a ramp or an orbit or an eject shot is made. So the, and the ball is known to be away from the flippers. So right. um, there's, there's also the option to not do any of that and just do whatever it did before. But then you run the risk of damaging it. So right. um, that in, um, in version... It must be challenging for stern programmers... Uh, to come up with solutions like that, because obviously, while uh, there might be a lot of uh, repetition in the programming of pinball, this is something that we have never seen before. Yeah, I mean, it's a software solution to, I guess, what's a hardware issue, isn't it? Uh, they're trying, yes. trying to prevent damage to the game through the use of software. Yeah. Right. Okay, Which... Well, Led Zeppelin latest code update is uh, version uh, 0.98, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have to say, to my surprise, they're actually approaching 1.0. Yeah. Quicker than I thought they, they would. Yeah. Um, the the game. We're not was, there yet, but no, the game was was um, wasn't sort of rushed out. I don't think it was. 
although it um it was brought out on the normal schedule but i th- i get the feeling they had a little more time to work on this but even so this latest update 0.98 as you mentioned from the 9th of march that has a huge number of adjustments and uh, new features and display animations and rules and you know um there's a lot in there far far too much to talk about at the moment uh, even sort of new expression lighting modes that yeah. they put in so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of work still going into this game even though it's it's very, as you say it's very close to version one but um it's not there yet but if you haven't got this um this version in your game then you certainly should have because there's it's no it's definitely worthwhile doing the update right okay so there was also an update for elvira's house of horrors yeah absolutely yeah that's uh past version one a while ago uh, on to 1.02 at the moment uh, which um, again, it's um, it's it's mainly sort of little little tweaks and things. There's um, you know the the turret on top of the house can spin, well that's um, got some extra features now. Um, so it it turns at the start of the game and when you lock a ball in the garage, and um, uh, basically there's, there's there's a few other mode tweaks in there that, that uh, but really nothing huge. Uh, and some bug fixes, of course, as there are in every day, every uh, game update. So uh, version 1.02, yep, definitely worth having again. Um, doesn't it's, this isn't a fix like we talked about earlier to to something which they broke earlier? I don't think. Or if it is, it's only minor. So um, yeah, um, Elvira's House of Horrors again, a game which it didn't get a huge amount of love when it first came out. Getting getting uh, greater well, appreciation now with the, with the pricing of the game, I suppose. Well, that too, but also um, I think the the, the rules. At, at well, the yeah, they were well, obviously the, 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 the game was delayed for years, and then it still felt like it had rushed code. Mm. Yeah. So, but, uh, but it has improved mm. a lot since uh, since it was launched. So uh, there's no denying uh, that that it's becoming a fun game. Yeah, uh, I actually I was watching a stream. I actually had to laugh. So uh, there, there is the humor in there that I was missing at first. Ah, right. Yes, that was one of your uh, one of your early criticisms of the game, wasn't it? That uh, of all the games, you expect a lot more uh, double entendres in there and innuendo. And uh, well, if it's an Elvira game, yes. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. That's a valid valid point. Yeah. So I think that uh, wraps up our uh, our news from Stern. Now right. let's um, let's head over to Taiwan because uh, in the last pincast that we recorded, you you hinted about some news coming yeah, from and I from, uh, share it. In from the meantime, home I did I did already announce it in my um, Pinball Magazine newsletter, mm. to which anybody can subscribe for free on uh, pinball-magazine.com. Um, I shared a couple of pictures. I had spoken to Mike Kalinowski of HomePin, and um, he told me that he had manufactured four Porsche-themed pinball machines. Right. And um, these games were intended for car trade shows, and they're basically a... um, a marketing tool to harvest email addresses. Pinball isn't known that much in China, but it's a, a, a cool-looking device. And this was only and for it, only for use in China, was it? Yes. Right. 
and uh, at these car shows they're not commercially for sale or anything the layout surprisingly is identical to the layout of firepower a steve ritchie game from i think 1981 i say from the top of my head mm, sounds about right yeah um there's a, a, a well it's not completely identical i think uh firepower has four pub bumpers and this one has uh three and I think that's mm. about the difference. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can still and lock the, balls and uh, start yeah. a multiple on it. Yes, you can. And uh, the main objective of the uh, of the game is to uh, there's two, uh, three target drop uh, target banks, mm. and um, uh, the left one spells Tay and the other spells Can, um, which is a Porsche model. The Tay Can, if I'm not mistaken, let me double check if I say that <laughs> correctly. Um, I would, I I would, I would was... not be in a position to help you with that, not being their, uh, their target audience. Oh, I thought you did, because you didn't read my newsletters. No, well, obviously I read, read that, but that was a while ago, <laughs> that was a couple of weeks. So, uh, no, you, now they're mid-month, aren't they? They're not uh, at the start of the month or the end of the month. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm very... Um... Uh, unprofessional about that. No, 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 it's a good idea. So, um, no, yeah, it spells uh, T-A-Y-C-A-N on the drop targets, and then there's uh, three stand-up targets on the right of the playfield. Um, those represent uh, various uh, forms of um, uh, hybrid energy, solar, solar power or wind power and that kind of stuff. And... Um, is it suggesting this is an electric car, then? Uh, quite possibly, uh, yes. Or at least hybrid, maybe. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, four prototypes, uh, four trade shows, and um, the uh, the cabinet artwork is very, very basic. It's just a black cabinet with the Porsche name, the logo of Porsche on it, and that's about it. Uh, the funny thing was... Um, uh, Mike had already told me that he was building these, but at that time it was off the record. And then last month he shared a photo on his uh, Facebook of the belly transformers they are building. Yep. And there was a Porsche cabinet in the back, uh, background and hardly anybody noticed it. So, But for me that was a, a cue to reach out and, and ask about it. So, uh, Right. Um, okay. Uh, I can't uh, share it, but I have seen video footage of the game. Um, it's very basic. Um, it has a blue uh, dot matrix display. Um, if you hit the uh, the drop targets, uh, the ones that spell out taken, mm -hmm. um, the letters light up on the display. It's really, really basic coding. Um, and and the, but, there's an LCD as well, is there, that... Uh, yeah, I think is, so. Is that yeah. part of the game? Do you think, or is that just yeah, that's most, most, mostly used to uh, to display commercials and and stuff like that. The, I think the LCD is mostly used for um, the uh, the progress that you make on shooting the drop targets and the scores. Right. So, okay. but it's a marketing tool to harvest email addresses, so it doesn't have to be a deep game. Uh, no. It's not going to be used for for home use. The the idea is that people line up, play a game. Yeah. walk away and get spent for the rest of their life. Yeah, you obviously don't want uh, people you know, playing that game for like, an hour 
Uh, you yep. want them to have a, a quick, you know, one minute, two minute game, put their email contact details in and, and, and get the hell out of there. I think you probably have to, to leave your email contacts before you can play the game. So oh, right. It, okay. Yeah. That's how I would do it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to confirm so, the, uh, the Porsche Taycan is indeed an, an electric sports car. Right, okay. And, uh, well, other news from Homepin, uh, and you saw that as well today, um, they announced uh, yesterday that uh, Homepin shipped their first made-in-Taiwan pinball machine. Yeah, indeed, yeah. That's a landmark for them. They've been uh, setting up their factory for over a year right. in order to produce them, and, as you said, been producing other other products but hadn't actually been been manufacturing any pinballs until now. And uh, yesterday they announced that they had. Uh, no indication of exactly which model it was, whether it was yeah. uh, the Thunderbird game, whether it was uh, something new. Uh, don't think China Zombies is uh, is going into production, is it? Um, well, or, I haven't heard it? much about it. I think uh, now that they moved to Taiwan, and Taiwan is not really considering themselves uh, a state of China, uh, although no, China, China uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, not sure whether that game is actually going to see uh, production. Although um, I have seen some video footage of it, and it the playfield looked like could be fun, you know. But uh, oh well. well um, when you spoke to Mike, did, did you get the impression that all four of those Porsche games had already been made, or could this? Yeah, be... they, they were already. Uh, uh, done. Oh, yeah. okay. So this wasn't uh, this first game that was produced. There wouldn't have been one of those Porsche games. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell. I should. I, I probably have to uh, to check. I mean, it seems odd to me to ship it like that to a trade show. But then again, you don't know. Well, in the uh, if they've been setting up the, the place for a year, then no, they didn't build those Porsche games um, a year ago. So no. they must have built them in Taiwan. Yes. So it kind of makes sense that uh, they must have shipped them from Taiwan. So maybe the, maybe this is uh, one of those. I was I was uh, zooming in on the picture that was on the Facebook page for Homepin, trying to work out what it was that was in, the, in the game. It's in Chinese, but it's all wrapped up as well. Um, but it did seem to say um, at the top of the shipping label, like a model number, and it looked to me like it said P7. But it could have been P1, but uh, it could have been something else entirely, which could have been you no know, Porsche, one of the one of the Porsche models. But don't know. It could have could have been Thunderbirds. Could have been. Um, yeah, could have been. But um, I don't know. We, we don't know, but we might find out eventually. Maybe we we'll get Mike on and ask him. Yeah. Well, it would be fun to have Mike on. Yeah. It's always a good laugh with him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's I think that's all the all the news from Homepin. Unless you have anything else? No, I think I think that's it. Yes. Okay. Well, moving on then. We'll let's uh, let's come. Well, I was going to say come back to Europe, but in a way, it's uh, it's also in the US because um, we're we're now going to look at Pinball Brothers and the the Alien game that they're remaking in a in a new updated version with um, with some changes to the playfield and the back box as well and the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's being made by Pedretti in Italy, and the first model from Pedretti has been been sent over to Cointaker in the US for them to um, 
basically give their opinion on it and make any suggestions for for changes that need to be made to it before it goes into mass production. Now the uh, the super awesome pinball show did a, a six minute video from CoinTaker showing the the the, uh, the prototype game and pointing out the differences from the original as well as showing a little bit of the gameplay not a huge amount it was uh, not that not that clear as to exactly what the gameplay differences are but um it seemed to seem to play well as as you would hope it the cabinet does look a lot more should we say conventional and, and plain than the, right. the highway pinball version but right. the highway pinball version was uh, was, sort of, was sort of radically different in the way that it had the the, um, the sort Light of modular panels. look. Yeah, the the slot in illuminated side panels, the the, the button boxes, the um, the bat box was completely different shape. No, much more. Yeah, everything to make it look less attractive. Yeah, <laughs> well, less familiar anyway. Um, and now it looks a lot more like a standard game. So. Right. Yeah, but, although it's, it's a wide body, though, that, that that being said, but um, hmm. it the, the lighting on it looked very nice. Um, it's obviously got a smaller display than uh, the previous games, and I think that may be probably the only negative about the game because the rest of it seems to work very well, yeah. uh, and hopefully it's going to be reliable and more reliable than I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> first time pinball manufacturer, you want to. Well, you're not jumping to conclusions after two two minutes of gameplay or something. No, absolutely not. But they they know they've they've got the uh, the experience of of what what failed on the previous version of it and where, where the weak points were. And you would hope that they would have addressed those now. And uh, but that's up for uh, for Coin Taker to to basically hammer the game um, and pass their recommendations back to Pinball Brothers so to make any adjustments that need to be done before. Shall we, see if we, shall we see if we can get a feedback from Cointaker what they think of the game and not what they say <laughs> well, because they have to sell them, but what they actually think of it, um, which could still be good. Don't get me wrong, but you know, um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing that Pinball Brothers are going to, uh, are going to act on whatever Cointaker tell tell them. If they say something needs changing, they'll try and change it if they can. Uh, although Cointaker are not the only distributor of uh, no, Pimple Brothers which games. Which makes me wonder whether there is uh, distributors in Europe that actually get a, te- a game on a test, so to speak, to, to, to give it a, a couple of plays and see what they think about it. Well, I, I did see a post in the UK from uh, Pimble Bazaar, who are the distributors for Pimble Brothers' uh, Alien game in the UK, and they said that they were expecting to get a game very, very shortly. Hmm. So, yeah, maybe the... So when are you going there? Yeah. When are you coming over? <laughs> well, well, not allowed at the moment, unfortunately, due oh. to uh, COVID restrictions, but um, hopefully that won't be too much longer. You know, maybe... Um, at a at a show that's coming up in a, a couple of months' time, we might might see that game. I think um, we're taking one of the people going there is is taking an original Alien as well. So it'd be interesting if they could put the original and the and the new version side by side, and then the people can do the comparison themselves. Right. Okay. Well, let's see how that uh, how that goes. Mm. Okay, so I think that's all the news from Pimple Rose. I haven't got anything else from them. And uh, no. Okay, so we move on. And 
Well, we've got some uh, got some news from American Pinball as well this month. Uh, they've been been working with the IFPA to collect some game audit information because uh, obviously there's there's an, quite a few owners of their Houdini Oktoberfest and Hot Wheels machines out there, and uh, American Pinball would like to know you know how those games are performing and. Um, what shots and modes and features people are able to activate or not able to activate in order to improve their future games. And they've teamed up with the IFPA in order to get that kind of information. I don't quite know what the, whether there's anything you know, further into that, whether that's going to lead to some you know, collaboration between the two on uh, competitive pimple. But uh, if you have one of the Oktoberfest uh, Houdini or Hot Wheels games and would like to help the uh, the companies uh, and IFPA out, then you can submit your audit, audit information uh, to uh, IFPA at gmail.com. You just need to go into the menus, um, plug a USB stick in, and it'll then download the the uh, information onto that, and you can email it to uh, the IFPA, and they will pass it on to American Pinball. Okay. I'm just curious how much, how... Um interesting that data is because I suppose most of the uh, collectors or home users that bought a Houdini um, are probably people that have uh, a bunch of games and if it's not your favorite game then you maybe turn it on once every six months so that's not going to be that much data to share. Well maybe but it'll show what people are able to start you know if they only play if you only played, you know, 20 games on it, then you can see what, what was achieved within those 20 games. Uh, should, hopefully, um, if they've got someone who plays, who's played 200 games, they can see whether, it, you know, whether they're still getting the same features started all the time and a whole bunch of features never get completed or, or activated, in which case uh, you can put that towards future uh, software and, and hardware development. You know, if there are shots that are so tight that... Uh, it's, it's put virtually pointless having them because nobody ever makes them, then uh, that that should help with the development. Right. So, any new hires? Uh, no, actually, no. Unusually, we did have a, a whole string of, of new uh, new appointments there, but uh, no, we haven't had that. What we have got is um, we've got some new playfield prints of, of the Houdini um, playfield. They are... Uh, we talked about prints um, earlier, and um, these are also the premium luster photo paper prints. They are 12, sorry, 18 inches by 24 inches. Um, it's the artwork from Jeff Bush. And uh, who, uh, American people say it'll make a wonderful decoration for your game room or living space. So 24 inches, two foot, um, you know, about uh, about 65 centimeters. And the cost is $35 for for that. If you would like one of those, then uh, go to the American Pinball website and so, you can order them there. Right. So but so it's not full, uh, not, not, uh, not real full size. size no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's a reduced size version. So uh, much more um, amenable to putting in a frame, I'd have thought, than, uh, than an actual playfield shape right. one. And, and are these being sold by American Pinball? They are. By Jeff Bush? No, they're being sold by American Pinball. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Other media that they produce as well. Um, 
they've got seven tutorial videos which you can find on their Facebook page, uh, which teach you how to play Hot Wheels and some of the uh, some more detailed rules of the game, how to start multi-ball, how to start various features. So uh, they're well-produced, and uh, they're probably on other places as well. They're probably on Instagram and, and maybe on YouTube, but certainly on the, on the American Pinball Facebook page. That's where I was watching them. And, uh, yeah, so go there and just look in the, click on the videos uh, tab at the top, and you'll see all seven of them ready to, uh, ready to stream. Okay. Um, I, I still have to play Hot Wheels, so... For now, it's no use for me to look them up, but um, as soon as I get the chance to play Hot Wheels, I will. Yeah, and uh, you can prime yourself on, on what to shoot for before you actually get on, on the game, which is uh, yeah. very useful. Well, well there's a little, little bit of news um, coming from Scott Denisi. Ah, yes. Um, he was uh, recently, uh, as in last week, interviewed on the uh, Flipping and Mashing podcast, Um which was a almost a two hour long interview, and trust me um uh, <laughs> with all the respect, it was rather um I was really waiting to like when does it become interesting um <laughs> and that was right at the end, so thank you for wasting two hours. I mean they talked about his car and uh oh, right uh, yeah uh, stuff like that so perhaps, but perhaps um, we should, uh, and then finally the question came for, for those who are not not familiar. Right, so, and then finally the question came, uh, what Scott has been uh, working on, on what he could disclose, and uh, uh, two interesting uh, things to take away from that, Scott mentioned that he has not been working on a pinball design uh, since Rick and Morty, Um, and that he has been working on the uh, sound package for the next Multimorphic P3 release. So the next big game that we're, uh, that, that Multimorphic is going to release will have a soundtrack by Scott Denisi. Right, okay. And uh, that could be very interesting because the soundtrack for TNA uh, very much uh, synthesized and, and, and stuff like that. But um, that could indicate that uh, Multimorphic might have another winner on their hand. Yes, it's um, also interesting that they're uh, working on a new game for uh, for the platform. I wonder if it's going to involve a new playfield module as well. But also, as you said, uh, equally telling that he's he doesn't appear to be working on a, on a spooky game at the moment. Well, on any game, basically, he didn't may say anything about spooky or whatever. He said he hasn't been working on a pinball design. Right. Well, what one would have assumed. Up until now, that if he was working on a game, it would have been for Spooky, but uh, we know that's not necessarily the case. Right. So, um, um, well, uh, remains to be seen. I think Spooky already indicated that their next title, isn't it uh, going to be an Eric Priebke uh, mm-hmm. game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so there's no rush for Scott to, uh, to get into... Uh, no, or anyone else. No, right. No, got, and uh, and of course they're, they're doing that collaboration with uh, Chicago Gaming, with the the Ben Heck game. Yeah, um, which uh, according to Ben Heck is still going to take a while. Mm. Um, the, he's still uh, working on it. I think he mentioned on uh, on his socials um, that he's working with the same mechanical engineer 
that works on Champions Pub. Oh, right, okay. And um, I forgot to look up who it is. Oh, okay, I'm sure we can uh, we can manage to do that, or people can do it for themselves if uh, right if they um, so desire. Okay. But um, that, that that particular game was was full of interesting mechs. Um, oh, absolutely! Not yeah. all of which so, um, necessarily work quite as well as you'd hope. The skip rope thing, in particular, seemed to be a little bit problematic, shall we say? Because the ball right. kept falling off that one. Uh, but apparently, uh, from what I understand, according to um, previous uh, comments by uh, Ben Heck, um, his game has at least two other titles in front of it. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, well, while we're speaking on on, on the uh, topic of Chicago mm. gaming, that's yeah. most likely the uh, next long-awaited remake title. Yeah, long rumored um, to be um, Cactus Canyon, but no, yes. no confirmation of that. Yeah, it's just been rumored and um, not confirmed by Chicago Gaming. But I think Dennis Nordman. Uh, mentioned when he was um, promoting being hired by American Pinball that he still has a game in the works for Chicago Gaming as well, which he's allowed to finish. That's right, yeah. So it's most likely that Dennis's game is prior to Ben Hex as well, uh, which makes it very unlikely that Ben Hex, the Ben Hex Spooky game, will come out anywhere this year. So. Yeah, um, maybe not even next year. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the the, the planned schedule for uh, Chicago gaming. Well, if, uh, if they have a remake, I mean, it's assuming they they stick to having a single production line and don't expand that manufacturing capability. But uh, if they're doing a remake game, that's that's normally going to take at least six months, if not uh, take up an entire year. And then if, if Genesis game was after that, you imagine that's going to take, you know, at least six months, if not a year. So between them, that could easily take you into 2022. Right. Okay. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, uh, Chicago Gaming is very good at um, sort of staying under the news radar. Um, mm, yeah. And then, uh, um, well, I, I, I suppose with the new remake, it's like, uh, similar to uh, when they did Monster Bash, they didn't want to say anything until they were completely ready to show the product, and then they amazed everybody. Yes, and presumably again they would do the same thing that they did uh, before and bring out a you know, a super Ellie or a limited edition or a royal version or a whatever with right. um, some extra bells and whistles, which they've been working on um, improving the the. the uh, Either a topper or the playfield lighting or the display or uh, right. who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, um, so officially no news from uh, from Chicago Gaming, but um, we are very positive they are working on lots of cool stuff, and uh, they will show that to us whenever they are ready, I suppose. Yeah, indeed. So. Um, <clears throat> Talking of, of cool stuff, um, it's good good news. We mentioned Spooky Pinball earlier. It's right. uh, exciting news in one of our headlines that uh, they are so successful, they are expanding their, their business premises. and uh, Again? Moving. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Fifth time, they said, um, in, a, in a Facebook post. They showed a picture of, uh, of a digger 
preparing the ground next to their existing building and uh, saying, uh, here we go again. Um, uh, I think they moved already twice, didn't they? They started yes, out working right. from home and then they had another location and now they're at the current location and they're expanding. They expanded last year and now they're expanding again. Yeah, I mean, it's I obviously it's something it's like that. all good news for them as, uh, as far as the business goes. They say yeah. their goal is to increase quality, make more games and get them to you quicker. So well, they're getting more manufacturing capability, which uh, is something they obviously they they don't particularly want to be tied up doing one title for well over a year. It's, despite the fact it uh, it might be a very successful one, it's it's not great for the buyers who have to wait you know, twelve months, eighteen months for right. for their purchase. So so uh, yeah, so expanding means they can hire more people to build games and uh, get ship games quicker. Yeah, so uh, seems like a win-win, really. Right. Okay. So congratulations to Spooky. You look forward to to seeing their their place. Who knows if we get over there in uh, in October into November, we might be able to call in on the way right. and uh, and and say hello to the to the team there. Well, speaking of calling in, guess who's calling? Ah, oh, the real one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are we sure? Yeah, that well, my display it clearly says Gary Flower calling. Right, let's see if it is. Okay. Hey, Gary. Hi, Gary. Hey, guys, it's Gary Flower, April Fool. Oh. Say what? <laughs> oh, well, short and sweet, I suppose. Um, yeah. Well, Thanks at least we that. got him on the show. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. Um,. I'm sure he has got a lot of information to tell us, but uh, not not yet. Uh, so, yeah, April Fool on us for uh, expecting more, I suppose. Oh, well, I guess uh, he's entitled to do that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. next time, eh, we'll... Uh, We'll we'll uh, we'll make a concerted effort to get more information out of him as well as actually I getting. Suppose we had a little fun at his expense occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So, oh well, it's all all uh, We can handle it, Gary. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for uh, yeah that. Yes. Right. Okay. So um, moving down the list of uh, uh, manufacturers with or without any news, um, Pimple Adventures. Yeah, um, no news at the moment. Uh, they say they're going to have some news soon, but uh, they, they they're just getting on with their, uh, their the, the Punny Factory game. As far as oh, I know, okay. um, haven't got any updates from them, and uh, I don't. They haven't published if, anything. Um, I'm, I didn't. I forgot to check whether there are any new videos. Um, also, because I really don't want to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. When there is some more obvious news, um, we'll we'll bring that to you. But uh, another company where I haven't been able to find out any any news um, is uh, is Haggis Pinball and and their Celt game. Yeah, it's been awfully quiet there. Yeah, been been looking out. I've been checking all the social media feeds. Um, nothing yet. No no more videos. Um, so I guess they're just you know, heads down getting the games built. Let's let's hope um, that's the plan anyway. Yeah, let's hope that's the plan, and then uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, well, I hope they go a little better than um, than Suncoast Pinball, who uh, who were kind of in the news this month because there was uh, an interesting post on Pinside from uh, from Jimmy Lippum, who uh, is obviously working with uh, with Multimorphic 
a lot right. on their on their games, and he was uh, involved in helping um, somebody get a, a a cosmic carnival game up and running, which was having problems. But in part of that, he gave sort of interesting background on on his involvement in helping Suncoast Pinball with uh, the programming on Cosmic Carnival and some of the events that went on in the background at the company as they were trying to get the game ready for shows and, and get it into production. Oh, um, tell. Yeah, it, uh, well, I, I don't know. It, it, it's his story to tell, not mine. So um, he, he does say there's an awful lot more that he, he kept, could tell. So maybe in a, in, a, in a future show or something, he, he might be tempted to tell the the background story of uh, the Cosmic Carnival game, but uh, bring out the liquor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, getting in, in the bar after uh, after the show's closed. I'm sure uh, there'll be a lot more to say. But he does say uh, quite a bit about um, the, the challenges that he had. So if you want to read more about that, go to Pinside and have a look in the Suncoast Pinball thread there, because uh, uh, I think it's the most recent post about uh, Cosmic Carnival. So it should be fairly clear. And uh, it's probably, you know, almost the last last post in that uh, rather long thread. So, right. uh, yeah. Well, uh, it depends, of course, how many people responded since then. Well, but. yes. I mean, but it's, it, it's probably on the last page for a while anyway. Um, I'm not going to give you the read out the entire URL because it'd be boring as anything. But uh, the post is anything but. So uh, head on over if you want to have a little bit of background about Sunco's Pinball. Um who um, who are still Suncoast Pinball and Arcade are still in business, of course, because they the pinball side went into well, both businesses went into Chapter Eleven to to reorganise in order to uh, to make a viable business, which involved closing down the pinball side. But the arcade side, which does virtual pinball as well as uh, arcade games, that's still you no know, still manufacturing away and and uh, producing plenty of, of new new games. So uh, I think they did what they needed to do in order to, to keep the whole business going. But short, mm. sadly, it involved uh, ditching the pinball side for now. Right. Okay. So um, I think we, we finished all the manufacturers, but there's also other news. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, last month we mentioned about the, the Pinball Hall of Fame and the fact that they had received an anonymous donation which had made them reach their, their target to to open the, the new premises to pay the, the contractors to get the, the building completed. Well, there um, there has been some new updates from Tim, Tim Arnold, who, uh, who runs the well, who's head of the place, I suppose, uh, right. although it's uh, strictly owned by the Las Vegas Pinball Collectors Club. But uh, Tim is the, the, the face and, the, and really the, the main man behind it all. And uh, in the videos he's been showing us around the, the, new, the new building, uh, right. their electrical system, their uh, maintenance areas, and, and, and of course the gaming area as well, where they're, they're setting up the machines which they've either brought over from the existing Hall of Fame or, or taken from Tim's uh, big hit shed where, where he stores... Um, Hundreds of uh, of excess games. Now, in, uh, in the most recent update, he said they were they were still waiting for their occupancy license, so they can actually open. I don't know when exactly when it's going to be be granted, but when they do, they they will be having a, a party for all those people who donated towards the fundraiser that was on. Um, uh, was it GoFundMe or Kickstarter? I can't remember which one it was. But GoFundMe. Uh, GoFundMe. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And that Kickstarter, that that GoFundMe is. 
over $170,000 by now. And that's um, that's before the, the, the extra 70 was added yes. by the anonymous 79. 79. Yes. Right. Yeah, so they, they're doing very well. And, uh, yeah, goodness, I can afford to have a good party. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, to going there. I did see uh, the video. I didn't pay that much attention to what Tim was saying, but I did see that uh, games were being set up. And uh, so I'm happy to see that progress is being made. Uh, obviously, it comes now down to um, basically inspectors and regulations mm. and uh, whether everything like that is uh, um, all in order. It's funny, um, I recall going to the um, uh, Pinball Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, talking to Tim, where he was um, explaining to me how much the sprinkler system was costing, <laughs> and I had a sort of deja vu watching this video where he started discussing how expensive the sprinkler system was <laughs> that they just installed. And uh, So, um, yeah. For all your sprinkler-related questions, I um, <laughs> redirect you to Tim Arnold. Surely good. Well, hopefully it's one of those things that will never be needed, because if it, if it ever is, then it'll be causing a lot of damage to a lot of pimple machines. Yes. But he does have a very impressive electrical system out the back. I was always paying attention to that, and uh, all kinds of uh, um, backup systems as well for in cases of power failure, and uh, they have to do emergency lighting and all that kind of stuff, which uh, takes up a huge, huge rack of batteries in order to power everything or power the lighting anyway. So right. it's uh, yeah, you can see where the money's gone basically. It's, uh, if you look around the back, well, look at when Tim shows you around the back. There's uh, there's some seriously serious equipment there in order to power all those games right well if you have to power 700 games every day for um i think it's like uh at least 12 hours if not longer yeah you have to wonder what the power drain would be if everybody on every machine all flipped at exactly the same time both flippers yeah, you might not get the ball up, but... <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you don't blow the fuse. That's all right for the whole building. But anyway... Might be, yeah. Other news. Um, yes. Yeah, so... Us, um, those of you who remember the game such as um, Big Bang Bar... Oh, I do remember. I have one. Yes, I thought you might remember that. Well, the, yeah. the, the artist on that, Stan Fukuoka, um, he has... Um, brought out some new artwork pieces. Uh, yeah, limited edition prints. Yeah, related to Big Bang Bar. And um, he's... Uh, I'm looking at them right now. He is selling them uh, on the web, hopefully, not uh, in person. Or have you, no, you know, got uh, some? he has a web shop on yeah. uh, stanfukuoka.com. Right, okay. Um, two prints, Big Bang Bar Redux and Happy Hour, uh, each selling for $45. Okay, and uh, they're, they're actual prints, are they? They're not uh, not decals or anything. They are. It says limited edition prints. So, and um, I think I've seen them on uh, at various expos before, um, where he was also selling mm -hmm. other similar prints. So usually uh, those prints, uh, I recall, um, are printed on on very thick quality paper and uh, vibrant in colours. Lovely. And, um, so I'm looking at the um, 
the the Big Bang Bar Redux print, which is a sort of a bar type of uh, mm. scenery. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose um, everybody has their own take on art. So. <laughs> <laughs> presumably, presumably, it would go well with a Big Bang Bar machine. No, actually, in this case, I would probably say it doesn't. Oh, okay. And um, the, the reason for saying that is that the artwork on Big Bang Bar is very stunning because it's line art uh, with uh, very vibrant uh, green and purple colors. Mm -hmm. And this print is, in fact, um, a, a four-color print. So, basically, you have all the, uh, all the colors available. And it sort of um, doesn't come... The, co the uh, colors are more muted. It doesn't appear they? to be a, a cohesive package, so to speak. Seems to be like a collage of various aliens uh, in a bar scenery, but it's not not a cohesive package to me. The uh, happy hour print, on the other hand, is um, Ray the bartender. Mm -hmm. um, that looks a, it's a very nice print. Okay. So, uh, but. Um, Everybody has their own tastes when it comes to uh, graphic art. So um, take a look on stanfukuoka.com and see if you're interested in buying any of these prints. And he has other prints for sale as well. He does, uh, indeed. Related to, to Kingpin and He also has an, uh, an Adams Family, uh, almost like an alternate translite. Yes. We wanted that as well. But uh, which is uh, more based on, uh, on Uncle Fester, I think, rather than... Uh, in um, Morticia and uh, yeah, well, anyway, so, you get the idea. So. If, you, if you have a look at the stangfukoka.com website, you can see lots of different uh, art pieces. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, well, sad news from um, um, uh, Christian. Uh, I forgot his last name. Line. Chris Franchi. Christian Line. Yep. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Um, they uh, they stopped producing the super awesome pinball podcast show. Actually, it was, but uh, which is a pity because it was a great podcast and I really enjoyed listening to it. And I take my hat off to Chris Frenchy for all the editing that he did. Um, yeah, it must have making, taken ages to, to do to yes. edit it. Yeah, you couldn't find anybody saying um like I do <laughs> way too often, and I'm. Trying to reduce it, so, but no, um, too bad. Uh, I'm well. Uh, hopefully, there will be some occasional episodes um, still coming up. And um, yeah, but uh, thank you for the twenty-five episodes that uh, have been produced so far. Yeah, the last one featured an interview with Roger Sharp, um, someone uh, you are more than familiar with, of course. Yes, and it was actually very nice to hear uh, Roger actually. Uh, mentioned Pinball Magazine as one of the uh, uh, top publications uh, when it comes to um, pinball books and uh, um, um, archiving pinball history. Quite right, too. Okay, talking of um, archiving and pinball history, the, uh, the Museum of Pinball, based out in, uh, in California at Banning, they um, have announced that they are doing a Museum of Pinball Experience, which is basically they're opening up their pinball collection of uh, over 500 machines to a limited audience, 25% capacity, 
And it's a special one-off event on April the 24th between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. And uh, they say it's uh, unlimited play on over 500 machines. Um, as I say, limited 25% capacity. But um, there's an entry fee of $150 per adult, wow. uh, $85 per child. Uh, face coverings will be required. Gloves are encouraged. Uh, hand sanitizers are available. Um, the, vi- the arcade and video game side won't be open. It's just the pinball um, experience. Mm. Um, okay. No refunds. All sales final. So that is April the 24th. So if you want to, if you want to have some kind of celebration um, and head over to Banning, then they will be open for 12 hours on April the 24th for the Museum of Pinball Experience. Okay, well, um, I'd really love to go, but I'm afraid that uh, we still can't fly to the US. Sadly not, no. Um, at least not yet, and probably won't be able to by the 24th of the month either. Yeah, no, and actually that's uh, my uh, my holiday weekend, or my birthday weekend, and uh, my girlfriend is, uh, she basically told me, like, block your agenda for four days. Oh, actually taking you over to the uh, Banning, the Museum of Pinball. I highly <laughs> doubt that, but uh, I'm sure she's taking me somewhere. Yes, indeed. Well, we look forward to hearing all about that in next month. Well, not all about it, but some, <laughs> some about it, at least. <laughs> right. So I just realized we forgot to discuss one manufacturer, mm. of which there is a little bit of news. Yes, your, your local we, one, I guess. Yes, Dutch Pinball, indeed. Go on then, what have you got? Well, um, last month, um, Renz, who is sort of their uh, uh, spokesperson, um, uh, announced that there would be a uh, code update coming out for The Big Lebowski uh, this month, or, sorry, uh, last month. Right. Actually, it has been slightly delayed, but um, I was talking to uh, Barry, the owner of the company, today, and he said, like, he expects it's going to be uh, released within the next two weeks or so. He's trying to tie it in with a newsletter, uh, announcing it and discussing it and so on. And um, and if he, for some reason, can't tie it in with the newsletter, then it will just be released and it will be a post on Facebook and uh, what have you, and then you can download it somewhere. Have we got any idea what that code update includes? Yes. Oh, are you allowed to tell us? Um, um, one of the uh, a couple of um, additions to certain modes, the extra ball will finally be um, uh, available. Right. Apparently, um, it was not possible to get an extra ball in the game, but it now uh, now you can. Um, and they're basically gradually working uh, towards a 1.0. Uh, version uh, and what Barry basically told me is basically it's almost 1.0 uh, but the only thing currently missing is the wizard mode um, as soon as the wizard mode is in they're going to call it 1.0 and then there still will be uh, tweaks and bug fixes mm-hmm. if necessary sure. but um, as soon as the wizard mode is in then it will be 1.0 and um, I've seen I, I didn't make a list of all the um, uh, things that were improved sure. um, mm-hmm. it also includes some some new diagnostics and what have you but um, uh, 
the owners of um, of the game, the Bitobowski, will uh, be very happy with that update. It, it looked very promising. So great, good news. Yes, and uh, in the meantime, uh, Barry himself has been full time on. Um, I would say parts scouting. Right. Uh, due to the uh, coronavirus, there's a shortage of all sorts of parts because suppliers can't get um, certain parts. Um, and um, um, the Suez Canal was blocked, which also didn't help because um, I think Barry had an order for pinball legs coming in. Um, which was blocked, and it was so that's that's going to be a delay of like three weeks. Although the the, the blockade uh, wasn't was only a couple of days, but apparently it takes the delays mm. pile up immediately. Sure. I yeah, there's backlog. Have no idea how yeah. it works. So, yeah. but uh, no, there have, there have been some um, supply chain issues, uh, and uh, which means that the um, they have been building uh, uh, Big Lebowski games, but they can't finish them right. because they are waiting for certain parts. And um, as soon as those come in, they can finish the game. So, so their new facilities are slowly uh, piling up on games that are still waiting for a couple of missing elements. And uh, once they arrive, then they can start shipping out games again. So right. Good. That's about mm. the update, the news from Dutch Pinball. So. Okay, but they're still alive and kicking, and uh, oh yeah, so, and yeah. producing the games and uh, and fulfilling those uh, those early achievers as well. Yes, slowly, yes. slowly working their way through them. That's uh, that's a a delayed success story. Right. Okay. So, any other news? Um, well, I think uh, we had uh, contact from uh, uh, from Tilt Amusements. Um, right and yes. some, some Trent news over there. Reached exactly. out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, Troy Smith is the new director of sales and marketing of Tilt Amusements. Yes, um, had a had a little chat with uh, Trent, and he says they're, they're expanding more into into operating games now, working with a chain of arcades uh, across the uh, the US and uh, supplying games and, and servicing them. So there's a lot there's a lot more than just uh, selling games now. Uh, so, so they, they've uh, well, Trent's teamed up with Troy, and uh, and now Troy's in in charge of uh, sales and marketing of of, uh, of new games. But well, until to congratulations to both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another another win win. Hopefully. So yeah, and especially in these uh, COVID times, I'm very surprised to see um, Trent expanding into barcades. Yeah, well, I guess this is uh, there'll be a lot of pent up demand. I mean, not not everywhere in the US is is closed or uh, or shut down in the same way that it is in, in in a lot of Europe and other parts of the US. So there's uh, there's still still machines wanted, and uh, in fact, we've seen some some new locations opening up fairly recently across the US. Some some very large ones, in fact, and uh, and once uh, once the vaccinations start to get spread out to, to everyone, then I'm sure it'll all open up and uh, people will will. There's a huge pent up demand, really, basically, to get out and to and play location pinball and and drink location drinks. So uh, a good time to be doing it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in your notes, I noticed you had a uh, summary of the um, 
outcome of the Twippy Awards. Are we going to discuss that? Oh, I think so. Uh, we we mentioned it with Jack uh, how uh, Guns N' Roses did did so well at the, at the Twippies. Um, those of you who uh, didn't uh, catch it or, or missed out on the, the list of awards, you can go to twippies.com uh, where you can find all the details there. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a very successful award ceremony. Right. Um, the Obviously, the big winner was uh, Guns N' Roses for Jersey Jack Pinball, but um, there was uh, some love given to uh, games like uh, Avengers and also uh, Rick and Morty. So that that did well, although they, but they, yeah. they they both picked up awards as well. Um, I don't know what else to say, really. Um, well, it was kind of surprising to me to see that the awards were basically share. Um, I think it was like three companies splitting the awards: Stern, JJP, and Spooky. Um, I don't think um, Chicago Gaming or um, American Pinball were. Uh, nominated or, or uh, I think American Pinball was uh, mentioned. Yeah, Hot Wheels was, yeah, Hot Wheels was, but, was there. Yeah, but um, yeah, they uh, no awards for them. Um, uh, one could, uh, you probably can wonder whether Chicago Gaming had a new game game coming out. Yeah, course. yeah, they were still making Monster Bash, which is well, that's it. Most I think. Likely, yeah, yeah, seen as a. Uh, 2019 game, mm. which is fair enough, I think. Um, yeah. So I did um, based on the percentages uh, that's uh, and, and the number of votes, uh, such percentage uh, equaled. I did a quick uh, math, and it appears like um, close to or over 4,400 people put in their votes, which is quite good, I would say. Um. Yes, that'll be about right. Yeah, yeah. It's just looking at the the percentages here. Yeah, these uh, like best light show, uh, Guns and Roses. Not really surprised there. Um, Forty two percent there, and over two thousand uh, votes. So yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree with your maths. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Although some so, categories uh, were, were were more more um, diverse, shall we say, the votes were spread out more. Across yeah. multiple different, uh, some surprising winners as well. Yeah, in certain categories. Yeah, but it was good to see that um, the virtual pinball expo, uh, which we uh, were both part of and uh, re- reported on with uh, with Rob Burke and, and Dave Fix, that was voted the best virtual pinball event. Unsurprisingly, I think they put a huge amount of effort into that and uh, right. justified in winning that one. Uh, but we won't go through them all because uh, there are well, quite well, a lot go of to Twippy, Go to twippies.com and see for yourself who won what. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. and congratulations to everyone involved in uh, the organisation of that. It was a lot of effort, um, a lot of yeah. production effort went into that. And uh, again, you know, like the, uh, like the Stern Invitational that we were talking about before, you know, a very, very polished and professional looking uh, production. So congratulations. Yeah, and uh, um, if you're a fan of uh, cameos of people that uh, once sometime in their lifetime contributed to a pinball machine or to uh, a, a, a theme that was used on a pinball machine, then certainly check it out because there's all sort of cameos from actors from movies or 
TV shows or what have you announcing categories and uh, the winners. Right. That, so. Okay. Must have been a lot of work to get all those people to collaborate. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah. And contribute. So. Yeah. Okay. I suppose that rounds it up for uh, March 2021. I think it does. Yeah. I think we covered all the all the key events in the pinball world, if not the rest of the world, um, in in this uh, special uh, March pincast. And, uh, well, this, we're looking forward to uh, an exciting month of April, not uh, as in last year. We, we're not doing what we th- would normally be doing this time of year. Yeah, no pinball shows uh, still, although there is a pinball show happening in Ohio. There is indeed, um, yeah, Pin Brewfest, yes, um, which I'm surprised because uh, I, I kept expecting that to be cancelled or postponed and until later in the year. But, um, no, it seems to be going ahead in, in April, as you say. So, uh, not sure how that's going to pan out when you have a bunch of uh, people with their hands on pinballs and, and drinking lots of beer. But uh, I guess we will find out. But uh, in normal times, it would have been a show I'd, I'd love to visit. But, uh, yeah. oh, absolutely. sadly, not allowed to. It's a, I think it's a new show. It's the first time they, they've held it. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, at least it's a new name. I'm not sure who is organising it, so it could be a well-known organiser. Well, uh, I know um, one of the organisers used to work with uh, with Mike Pasak on the Ohio Pinball Show. So, but then split away to uh, to set up this new one with uh, with a different partner. So, I think it's got a lot of uh, show organising experience behind it, and uh, you know, to me, a combination of, of beer. Oh, craft beer and uh, and pinball show. Well, it's uh, it's perfect. So hopefully next year we're in a position to go over there and uh, experience it for myself. Oh, I was expecting you to say to get drunk. <laughs> well, I don't need to go that far for that. But uh, right, yeah. Okay. Well, it seems like a good so, anyway a good way for you to celebrate your your birthday as well. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that rounds it up for, uh, like I said, March 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully we'll be back next month with our recap of April 2021. I think you can count on it. uh, We don't know what's going to happen, but it makes it all the more exciting. So will there be new game launches? Will there be new product launches? Will there be... Will, will Raza have any more news? I don't think so. But Or uh, Deep Root. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to talk about Deep Root. Oh. What? Yeah. Did we? We did mention Deep Root. Oh, right. Okay. It was a headline. That's right, because uh, it, was, it was late breaking news, in fact. That's yeah, the reason that... Forgot, uh, it's not in the notes. It, it's so late that uh, it came in, <laughs> came in after the notes. Yes. Yeah, so, but we're still recording, so <laughs> we saved the, uh, the best for last, or, well... Maybe not, but um, as the headline said, Raza delayed again. Yeah, no great surprise there. Um, I think anybody was expecting it to be going to production just yet, and indeed it hasn't. It's still in the the testing phase, and there still seem to be problems in sourcing some of the parts from uh, from the vendors who, uh, who manufacture them. Um, or think they can. Well, yeah, or intend to, or or manufacture something. Now they said that they're um, they're not they were going to do monthly updates, and now they're not going to do uh, 
another update for uh, the next six weeks. Yeah. So we can already tell you no news from Deeper Pitbull next month. Yeah. Unless something funny happens. Mid-May, they say the, that's the, the plan for the next update. So, yeah, it, I don't think we're going to be seeing it. Interesting idea that, they, that they're kind of um, looking to address the ongoing delay in the, in the delivery, which was due to originally slated to be six weeks from the uh, the close of orders. But um, they're now suggesting that they might be able to uh, give some kind of um, cash back in terms of store credit for people to spend on things in the, in the Deep Roots store whenever Ooh. whenever that uh, launches and uh, whatever's available there, um, or to to allow people to uh, basically to back out of their orders if, if they or back out of their uh, deposits or, or full payments. If the uh, ongoing delay um, is too much, originally it, it was non-refundable deposits or, or down payment or full payments. Uh, now that's uh, now they're not able to deliver the game in the originally intended timescale. They're looking at uh, making that um, refundable rather than non-refundable. But so, no news so instead, on that yet. Just ideas yeah. at this stage. So instead of six weeks, it turns out to be six months. Ah. Is that a typo? Well, it was probably uh, an internal um, timeline that wasn't intended to be made public. Hmm. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll oh, see. Well. But uh, in the meantime, I'm sure, I'm sure they're doing all they can to to, to move. Oh yeah, move we the still sympathise with Deep Roots and hope that they get their uh, stuff together and the parts in and the games built. Yeah, well, uh, because we really want to see what they can do. Well, we are seeing, you know, and Jack alluded to this as well in, in when he was on that uh, the pandemic and various other global issues, including the things like the uh, the canal blockage, have have resulted in delays to to parts being available and uh, fulfilments of them, and it's affecting everyone. Um, yeah. It's just that um, it's, it's affecting a, a startup um, more than uh, a company with an ongoing uh, production schedule. And we will already have lots of lots of parts in stock. So uh, right. yeah, no, oh, well. it's a uh, it's a problem, and I'm sure we'll we'll see it uh, impacting lots of production. But uh, it's hitting um, deep root uh, badly at the moment, anyway. So uh, no, as you say, no more news expected in uh, in the April um, recap. But uh, hopefully, in our pincast covering May, we'll have some good news to bring you. Hopefully, Hopefully, yes. So, okay, then let's uh, wrap it up. Um, again, my name is Jonathan Houston from uh, Pinball Magazine, and uh, and I'm Martin from Pinball uh, News. Uh, I think yes, it's been yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. Uh, we we thank you for your attention, and we hope you'll be back next month. Okay, until then, uh, have fun. Okay, thanks. Bye bye.